0: Good morning everybody, it is uh, October 28th, 2023, and this is your host Jada Life, um, today is um, we're going to be talking about um, my six months of to that happened on 10-24-23, um, so a lot of y'all asked questions a couple of months back. You know, to give an update, give information, how I got started on substances. So, we're going to get to that today. So, I was... So, when I... Okay, so, here it goes. I was 15 years old when I started on marijuana and alcohol. Um, Here and there, I'll take sips of alcohol, you know, take sips of, you know, do weed. Um, It wasn't until I was... 16 going on 17 is when I got involved with methamphetamine and heroin and PCP and ecstasy. And honestly, I got involved with them. I'm going to tell, tell you how I got involved with each one. The first one was methamphetamine. I was hanging out with a friend of mine by the name of Toby. And God forbid Toby has passed on though from his drug abuse. Um, and Toby has said, hey, do you want to hit this? I didn't know what it was so I took a hit. Um I wanted more of it. Took another hit. Took another hit. Then Toby was like, "Hey, you know, this is like weeks later. Toby was like, "Hey, um remember that I gave you the smoke, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, it was weed. It was weed, right?" He was like, "No, no, no. He was like, it was meth." I'm like, "Oh, oh. Well, I'm like, what? I stopped. I was like, "What the fuck? Dude, really?" And then it he was like, "Do you want to try ecstasy with me?" And I said, sure, let's let's just be safe and be, you know, be a little bit, let's just be cautious about what we do. So, he took a hit, I took a hit. I took a hit, he took a hit. Um, so, it was like that for quite a while. Toby was like my person that was giving me, feeding me drugs, basically. That's what I'm going to say, feeding me drugs. Um, my addiction didn't start to get worse until I was twenty going on twenty one when I moved to Arizona and I was dating a young lady by the name of Ray. My I hid my addiction from everybody, family, friends, my my girlfriend. Everybody didn't you know, I would disappear two, three, four, five o'clock in the morning wouldn't nobody know where I'd be and my phone would be on Do Not Disturb. Um I would be getting my marijuana, but I would also be getting my methamphetamine and my ecstasy and and you know, coming from a person that has done it so long it's it's a, I will spend anywhere from one to six hundred dollars a week, basically a week, just to last me that week, so in all probably a good three thousand dollars a month on drugs. um Now, I'm to afraid this I have never been arrested, never, for nothing. um I used to run in a, a gang, um so that's the honest truth about that. Um, so I, I started hanging with a group of people who had never done drugs, never, there was too the goody two shoes and all that. I introduced them to methamphetamine, I introduced them to marijuana, I introduced them to crack cocaine, I introduced them to ecstasy, PCP, um, volume, stuff like that. I became, okay, so... I be, When I had my first surgery in 2017, September 1st, 2017, I was already addicted to drugs. And I hid it from the doctor. I hid it because I didn't want nobody to know. it When the doctor gave me opiates, it was a re, it was like he refilled it every month. It was a month-to-month thing because I was in so much pain. And it became evident that I was addicted to it, but I kept hiding it, 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 kept hiding it for a reason. Because I wanted more. I wanted, I wanted a higher dose. So he gave me a higher dose. And I even, went to advanced, I, even went to, I even tried to stop after that. That was my first attempt trying to stop. It didn't work. I OD'd. Came back to life. Said I was going to quit the stuff. A month later, went back to doing it again. I was doing it so frequently that it was a every 30 minutes to an hour situation. Like, literally, it was every 30 minutes to an hour. Non-fucking-stop for weeks on weeks on weeks. It didn't... Nobody caught on to it until 2017, 20... The middle of 2017, I'm gonna say. When my wife... Well, my girlfriend that was not my fiancé, Ray, had went in our dresser jar, and she saw a a couple baggies full of unknown substance, and she came to me not very nicely about it. It was like, hey, what the f... is this... And I looked at her, I was like, it's nothing. It's just it's just um sugar. She was like, it oh it's just sugar then then let, let me test let me taste it. I was like, no, you can't taste it. And I didn't really that's when she, that I didn't really say anything after that. That's when she knew I was on drugs. But she didn't know how bad it was. And I started like she was pregnant. I didn't know she was pregnant at the time. So she told me. And she was in, I just kept doing it. I moved out of her house, got my own place. Kept doing drugs, kept doing drugs. I was really like, during the course of my drug abuse, I was not in my right frame of mind. Period. I was not. I was making people upset with me. I was, you know, having people ready to fight me. I was, you know, getting, almost getting evicted. It was like, I wasn't stabilizing my mind because of all the drugs I was using. Fast forward to when was this? December twenty December 14, 2020. I had start, I that's when I got addicted to fentanyl. Okay, so I got addicted to fentanyl October 15, 2020. No, tw- yeah, October 15th, 2020. I got addicted to fentanyl that very day. My One of my friends who is no longer my friend because he's in prison right now. He will be getting out in a couple of years and we will, might be, give or take. I don't know about that yet. Uh, he started me on blues. And I was on blues for quite a while. And I would take one blue a day, nothing. Up into two blues a day, nothing. Up to four blues a day, nothing. Up to ten blues a day, nothing. Up to, then I finally started increasing it to like 20, 30, 40, 50 blues a day. And it wasn't smoking it. It was literally take popping them um, and snorting them. And it wasn't until December 14, 2021, when I OD'd and almost lost my life. I OD'd, according to the ED, four to six times, and they revived me each time with Narcan. At that time, I vowed never to touch another drug. 2021, I revisit that scene again with the drugs. This time, I was going harder and harder and harder with the drugs and drinking a whole lot more. Because I... felt like, why not just be, you know, I felt like I was a burden on everybody at the time. Nobody wanted to deal, no, everybody wanted to, like, push me to go to rehab, push me to do this. So I felt like I was a burden to everybody. I basically, you know, felt like, you know, fuck you, fuck this, I'm going to do what I want because I'm grown. You know, having that, that immature mentality. And for a long time, I was really, really addicted to this shit. Like, every morning I would wake up. Pop a couple pills, drink a bottle, drink a fifth of bourbon, you know. And so after that, I take a couple more pills, drink another fifth of bourbon, and it would be like that for a long, long. It would be like that for weeks on weeks on weeks on weeks on weeks. On average, I spent probably on just booze alone, probably a thousand dollars on booze alone. That don't include the drugs. Um. So you know, for me, it was a forced habit that I had to have every day when I wake up. I OD'd again New Year's Eve. 2021, od again New Year's Eve. It didn't stop me. doctor said, hey, you, you died a couple of times. we I just going to, if you keep doing this, you're going to, one of these days I can't revive you no more. And I said I was going to stop then. I went to rehab for a couple of days. Four days max I went to rehab. I didn't like it, so I left. Voluntarily I left. And I, and then I had, and then I went home and my brother Jaden God rest his soul. I love my brother. He came to my house one day, sat me down, and said, I'm gonna tell you repeat exactly as that words me. When you die, don't expect nobody to be at your funeral. Because everybody's tired of this. You're gonna get help. You're gonna get help knowing you got kids around, knowing you got family who loves you. And he got up and walked out the door. I remember that like the back of my head. I locked myself in my house. boarded my... I literally... This is no lie. I pushed the couch in front of the door. I locked it, chained it, everything. Turned off my phone. And I detoxed myself for... What was it? 30 days? Six, I think it was between 30 and 60 days I detoxed myself. In my own home. Yeah, it was hard. I'm not going to sit there and lie, to y'all. It was fucking hard as hell. Um, I, I know I was shaking real bad, vomiting real bad, didn't want to eat anything, you know, after 30 days, I felt somewhat a sense of relief, I did it, um, but it was, I didn't have enough coping mechanisms to deal with it, you know, so I went back to using again. And on 4, 24, 23, I had overdosed, not by choice, but it, was on, it wasn't It was even my fault this round. But I own up to it still. I had overdosed on... I had overdosed on fentanyl, heroin, crack cocaine, ecstasy, and a whole shit. They said I had probably 0.0... No, 4.9 alcohol level, which is deadly. Lethal at that. And the doctor said he didn't know how the hell I survived. On top of having opiates in my system. He don't know. They don't know how the hell I know I can survive, dude. And after that day, I I took initiative for what the fuck I did at the hospital. I cried like a baby. For a day, it felt like a week straight because I was petitioned to the hospital. I cried like a baby. And I finally realized this is enough. I'm going to end up dead on the next round. I went to Kodak Mat voluntarily on my own. Asked him, "Hey, I need to be enrolled in Mat Services. I have a real bad addiction problem." The intake took four to six hours. I saw the doctor. Me and her got into it, and then I got assigned to Doctor Doctor Melanie Martin over at the Mat Clinic, three eighty East Four Low, for people who wants to get help and treatment. Uh, please ask for Melanie Martin only, or Doctor Grant. Um. Melanie Martin is a, is a nurse practitioner there. When I first met Melanie, a.k.a. Dr. Martin, she would tell you this story, the story same way I was a handful. I was not listening to her. I wouldn't take my meds. I would be in and out of the hospital. She finally got through to me. She sat me down. She was like, if you want to do this, you need to do this for you. Not anybody else. She's saying I'm not gonna force you. She's I'm not gonna make you do it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. That day, and I'm and I remember it's like it was yesterday. <laughs> that day, I told her, "Give me some box on." Yeah, I slept up four times, maybe five. And my urine came back dirty. But I continued to, to do my recovery. I finally got off drug permanently. Got off smoking too. Not smoking weed, but smoking in general. I still smoke marijuana people. It's good for you. Um, but, yeah. I was enrolled with Hope Community Services. Shout out to Brian Hamilton. Brian and me, after Christine left Hope, me and Brian, at first I was like skeptical of Brian. Don't wrong. I was very, very skeptical of Brian. Cause I didn't know how he was gonna be, how he was gonna react. But Brian came in so nicely, so smoothly. He listened to my concerns, he listened to what I had to say. He was like, Alright, let's do this, let's do that, let's let's have frequent home visits for you, you know, which was very helpful to me because I had somebody who who related to my drug use. He even opened up to me and told me about his his drug use. And the funny part is, me and Brian know each other from past dealings with each other. In the past. We used to deal with each other in the past. As drug geese. So that's how I know Brian. Um my old kid's work, Joshua. He was not and I'm sorry to say this, but I'm gonna say it and I don't wanna bash him. Joshua You really need to take some more mental health classes and some more training on how to respond to people who are dealing, who are battling withdrawal, who are battling problems. Um, You allow, and and I'm saying, Dr. Martin, I love you to death, but I need to say this. Dr. Martin, you have this sense of... Talk therapy and natural remedies Versus medication Not everybody can Do without medication for so long Like me, I cannot do without it for so long um, You cannot Dr. Merton, I love you But don't get mad at me when I say this You cannot force somebody To get help Or go to therapy When I was your client You forced me to get therapy When I told you no. I would never forget that day. I let it slide because I liked you as a doctor. That was the only reason I let it slide and I didn't argue with you about it. But, Dr. Martin, everything else you have done has been wonderful except that. I, you know, I continued on my sobriety path. after I left Kodak, Matt. I'm now at the Kodak Speedway site. I still go to Dr. Martin for my Suboxone. Um, But... I have evolved a lot. I done a 360. I'm more I'm more happier, my kids are more happier. You know, nobody's telling me what I need to do anymore. You know, I celebrated my 6-month anniversary on 10/24/23, one day before my 29th birthday on 10/25. Just having the ability people to sit down in your home and say I'm sober. I'm fucking sober, dude, and look over your old pictures when you was younger and just be like, "I fucking did it, dude. How the f- did I say fucking, like, it's amazing. I am so looking forward to 42424 for my one-year anniversary. I am guys. I want to make this clear to y'all. I'm gonna be making a YouTube video tomorrow. Um, it's similar to this one, but it's a lot different. Um, we still gonna be. I'm still gonna be talking about my addiction and stuff like that. I'm gonna be going over. I'm gonna be talking about some other things that I didn't include in this podcast for a reason, because it was gonna go a YouTube video. But with that being said, I hope. I pray. That whoever's listening to my podcast and listens to this particular message will get go go and find their selves, go and find their treatment options. Um, you can visit, so this is not sponsored, but I work with these people. Visit www.pimahelpline.org backslash nstigma. That website again is www.pimahelpline.org slash nstigma. There you can find treatment options. You can find locations to go for treatment. You can find mental health resources, suicide resources, food resources. Um, also, you can call 988. You can text that or you can call it. Um, the Pima County Community Prices Line is 520-622-6000. Um, I pray that you have a wonderful day. I pray that you are Living life, exploring your your exploring your life. You know, let's. You know what? I want to do something for everybody. Let's bow our heads, dear Father. If you're listening to this, please understand that I'm not perfect. I was wrong for doing for doing what I did. I almost lost my kids. I almost lost. I lost my wife. Both my wives. All three of my wives. I lost my fiance. I made amends with a couple of my exes. I made amends with my friends, family. I made amends with everybody. I I was wrong for for being addicted to drugs. It wasn't right. You know, I want people out there just to to come to you, to get help, to to sacrifice themselves to you God. Watch over everybody. That's that's an addiction community. Father, Lord, please help everybody get into treatment that won't treatment. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been a Jada Life Podcast special. This is Season 7 premiere today. I pray that you all have a wonderful and blessed weekend.